Welcome to Transit Unplugged. I'm your host, Paul Comfort. And today we continue our series of interviews with African transit executives. This week we interview Ronald Wakatare, who was chief executive at Dar Rapid Transit Agency in Dar al Salaam, Tanzania, Africa. This is a great interview, great guy who's really working hard to bring the future of public transportation to his nation and his city. I think you'll really enjoy this look inside how transportation is being done right now in Africa. What does it mean to be a successful public transit agency? What are you doing to lead the way? It's time to learn from the top transit professionals. This is Transit Unplugged with your host, Paul Comfort. Welcome to Transit Unplugged. I'm your host, Paul Comfort. Today, I'm excited to be with Ronald Lakatari, who is chief executive of the DART Transit System in Tanzania, which is a country in Africa and East Africa. Ronald, thank you so much for joining us today on this special day for your country. Yes, thanks a lot. Today's inauguration day. My president just want to be re-elected. He was re-elected to be the president, and today was in the inauguration. I thought I had missed getting an invitation because I'm in Dar es Salaam, and the capital city is in Dodoma, where the inauguration was taking place. And you only can get an invitation to get you into the ceremony. So I thought I'd, I'd been left out. And then suddenly I was told I have my invitation rush over to Dodoma. So that's now I'm in Dodoma, actually. I never expected. And I'm here. I'm grateful you got another five years. And I'm grateful because our president supports public transport. He supports the BRT. Before he became president, he was the minister for works. And okay. you understand the first phase of BRT is the construction, the infrastructure. It was all under his eye. That's why I'm grateful that he got another five years, and I believe we'll do the rest of the phases because we've done one only. We've done infrastructure for one phase out of six. So I believe with the next six, we'll be done during his next tenor. That's wonderful. Yeah. So tell us a little about your country. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of our listeners may not be familiar with your country and your city, where you're at, how many people, and just kind of give us some context for where you're at in the world. Yes. Tanzania is a country in East Africa. When you look at Africa, it's in East Africa. It, it's neighbors, Kenya, if you many have heard of Kenya, Nairobi, uh, and then there's Uganda on the north side, north part. On, on the uh, west part, we have the Congo. And when you go uh, a bit southwards, we have Malawi, we have Zambia and Mozambique. So Tanzania is, I could say, it's a coastal it's by the coast. It's not an inland country. It also uh, is world famous for having the highest mountain in Africa called Mount Kilimanjaro. And oh, it yeah. also has the famous game reserve. Yeah, the Serengeti is Tanzania. All the big okay. five animals, the lion, the elephant, the buffalo, the, the, the giraffe, the leopard, and so on. And also, we are also famous for Zanzibar. Zanzibar is also part of Tanzania. Yeah, and it's very famous worldwide for its excellent beaches. So that's a bit of what Tanzania is. It's a big area, nearly uh, more than 900,000 square kilometers. 
So it's quite a big country and the population of the country is around 45 million. And the city where we have the Dar, the rapid transit, is Dar es Salaam, which I could say is the commercial capital and it's by the coast because okay. it has a big harbor, a very easy harbor. And uh, the population is around, uh, I think, four, five million people now. And it's projected that by 2030, will be 20, 10 million people in Dar es Salaam. Okay, very good. And how long have you been the chief executive of the DART transit system? Yes, I joined that agency from January 2016. Yes, I was working previously with the uh, Road Fund Board. Uh, and basically, Road Fund Board finances road maintenance. And that even includes the BRT infrastructure. Okay. And, and the public transit system there called DART, Dar es Salaam Transport Agency, is it part of the city government or is it a separate standalone agency? Dar Rapid Transit Agency is a government agency under the ministry called the President's Office, Regional Administration and Local Government. Basically, that started its idea, it generated from the city council. It was okay. a brainchild of the city council. And then when it was evolving, it became big. The government thought of maybe it needs an agency to run because the city got the idea, worked with the World Bank, ITDP, and came up with an idea of having a mass transit and conceptual design. And then when it came to implementation of starting to deal with the infrastructure, the government thought it needs an agency, a specified agency. And that's the one, that's why that was created. But it's at more or less at a national level, not at, at a, a local level. Okay. And how long has the transportation system been there? This, uh, that was established in 2007 by, by legislation and started operations in 2008. And for a long time, it was in the planning phase, I could say, doing the, the, the designs and then procuring the contractors and doing the construction. So construction started in 2010, and it was completely generally in 2016, February. And the operations started in May 2016. So it's a relatively new system. The idea of having a mass transit in 2000, 2002, wow. I think. So it took uh, so you can see how long things take 14 to, years to, to, to get it to, from, to be realized. Yeah, yeah. From 14 years from inception to completion. Huh? And then tell us about what type of transit system you have. You've mentioned the bus rapid transit, BRT. Is that all you have, or do you have buses and other things too? Or tell us about what you have there. Yes, what we have here is uh, when we did the infrastructure, it's for bus, uh, mass buses, I mean, uh, bus rapid transit. Right. And we started with the pilot phase because uh, we decided to use PPP, public-private partnership, but its procurement takes time. And our infrastructure was well completed before we had procured a contractor. So we went into a pilot phase, which we are currently still doing from 2016 due to a number of challenges. But our aim is to get a, a full service provider who will bring in the required number of buses and have a full service. So we are currently operating with roughly half the required buses. And in that situation, with a big turnout of the people liking the project, we are really constrained. But we still need to do follow good governance, do the procurement, and get an operator. And that procurement was an international tender, and it's still ongoing. Okay. So your bus rapid transit 
my understanding was that before the pandemic, you were averaging about 400,000 passengers a day on 180 buses. Is that right? The 400 is the target. Okay. We have currently 140 buses. Okay. 39 of them are the articulated 18-meter buses, and uh, 101 are the 12-meter buses. Basically, we we reached up to 200,000 passengers a day. Okay. It really dropped. COVID was, was a bad thing that came around, you see. The government took measures to, first of all, ridership went down, but also the government took measures to, to ensure that the people are safe, the, the distancing. So my bus, our buses, the articulated buses, were only required to carry, to carry passengers on the seats who are seated, and they're only around 40. So that you can see back. how it, it really impacted on our revenue. Yeah. So it, we, we, we lost the revenue by around 70%. Wow. It dropped by 70%. Now, I, I've talked yeah. to Abimbola, who is the head of the transit system in Lagos, Nigeria, and she told me her service is back up to 95% ridership since COVID has kind of gone through. Is your system picking back up as well? Do you have more passengers now? Actually, what I could say in, in Tanzania is a very strange thing. COVID didn't really hit us in terms of people getting sick and all that. It yeah. didn't really hit us as the other countries. And basically, President, what he did, he went, we went for national prayers. I think it might be strange to you, but we did three, pra- three days of prayers to God that please uh, help us with this pandemic. And we, we never uh, saw it happen. I never, I was thinking that I'd find people falling down in the buses, getting sick. It never happened. There were a few cases in the beginning, but public places. We've had, even today, the stadium was packed. No masks, no what. The pandemic hasn't hit us as it has hit other countries. So basically, we took the precaution measures, not that we saw people getting sick, but we did it because it was being done everywhere in the world. It was best practice. We are following advice from the Ministry of Health, experts, and so on. But I'm seeing that there's no effect. We decided to loosen up. And the government even allowed us to carry passengers normally, as we do, from around August. Okay. When we started uh, doing the measures, it was around March. But uh, when it was around oh, July, August, we were kind of back to normal. But in terms of ridership, I could say we, we are back to almost 80, 80 to 90 percent. Okay. It's hovering around there. Yeah, yeah. not 100 yeah. <laughs> percent. Not yet. Well, that's wonderful. I'm very happy that your, your country did not experience the bad impact of COVID. And I'm happy that your ridership is back up. So what's coming next for you? What's coming next for your transit system? You'd mentioned that the World Bank had helped provide some funding. You got your first line going. It sounds like you're ready to go to more and bring in an international contractor. Is that the goal? Yes. So the next action, as I said, this is a pilot phase. Okay. We want to do a full phase. We have a tender on the way. We, we launched it in uh, January and we're still on, going on with it. We're together with the World Bank because uh, we have a, a financing agreement with the World Bank. If that also covers on how we will do the procurement of, of the service provider. So yeah. currently we are around there, and hopefully before the end of the year, we might get an operator if all things go, go, goes well. So if yeah. we do that, we'll have the first line fully operational with the more than 300 buses. That's okay. the plan. But what we also are thinking of is uh, 
there's opportunity for even using gas, CNG, compressed natural gas. So we're also looking into seeing that coming into the phase one and eventually later even electric buses because there's a big hydroelectric power plant being built in the country and in a couple of years or so, the electricity will be available. And my experience from looking at the financial model, we always look at what works better in terms of finances, lowering operating, co- operating costs, opt- going, options of, going for options of CNG and electric buses, I see it's inevitable because we want something that is sustainable. That's right. And so that's phase one. What are we doing with other phases with line two or phase two? We already have the financing uh, alone from the African Development Bank. Okay. And the construction started last year. Oh, good. And it's to be finished. By, yeah. So it's already under construction. We're building the carriageway, the busway, the terminals, the feeder stations, the depot. All that is underway and the two contractors are on site. Oh, so wonderful. it's very busy out there. Yeah. Come visit and see what's happening. That's line two. We have line three. Uh, that line three is the road that also passes through. It passes through the airport, our international airport. Uh, we're almost launching a tender for it for the construction. So the designs have been completed, and soon uh, uh, the tenders were uh, actually they were launched. It's only the submission date has been postponed a bit. I think there are a lot of questions from bidders and so on. So it's been extended for some time. Hopefully, I think within this month of November, they'll open the tenders. And by early next year, we'll have another contractor building line three. Line four uh, is also another line that who, whose final designs are already done. The consultant has submitted the final designs, which are being reviewed. If they are accepted, we'll also go for tender. Uh, what I, could, I didn't mention about line three is who's the financer? The financer for the loan is the World Bank. Line two is uh, African Development Bank. For memory, for records, line one was financed by the World Bank. Line four is also a loan from the World Bank. So the money, I already, I have it. It's in the bank somewhere, sitting somewhere, just waiting for us to complete the designs, get the contractor and start the work. With phase five, we've also completed the designs. And uh, we have the French Development Agency who are interested in financing that. So they are talking to the Minister of Finance, who's the one who's the main person who deals with all these uh, contracts and PPP contracts. He has the final say. So hopefully, we'll also put that out to tender if the agreement is done. Even by next year, we'll have a contractor doing line five. Line six, we are, that's the line where we are now procuring a, con- a consultant to do the final design. So on that one, we're a bit behind. So we need a consultant to do the final design and also get a financier to give us a loan on that. And of lately, I've been informed that uh, African Development Bank have turned up looking interested to finance that loan. So that's our picture. When we do all those six phases, we expect to have uh, more than 3,000 BRT buses in the city, and they will replace what we have currently, nearly 10,000 local buses. The phase one, the 140 buses, we kind of displaced nearly 400 local buses. When I say displaced, it's not that we throw them away, but they just, they are reallocated to other routes because we don't want them to compete with with the BRT. That's the agreement we are having. And uh, what are we doing about the the owners of those local buses? We want them to form some company so that they also operate the BRT. 
That's a plan we have. We already have a consultant procured. I signed a contract with them in August, and now they're on board. And one of their assignments is to help us turn these local owners into having a company that is get loans and everything and is well facilitated and ready to do BRT operations. That's awesome, Ronald. So that's in a nutshell what's really happening and the expansion. And about how long will that take? You think that'll take 10 years to get all that done or longer? Yeah, we projected that we'll have everything done by 2035. But with the the speed we're going with, uh, I, I think it could even be within before... Under 10 years. Okay. That's, That's what I think. Because if I have line two under construction, line three construction starting next year, and they normally take two to three years. Line four designs done, construction t- starting next year. Line five designs done, construction starting next year. So you see only line six remaining. So I, I believe under 10 years will be done with all the phases. That's wonderful. I'm very excited for you. It sounds like you've got a lot happening. You've got money in the bank already. I mean, a lot of transit agencies. Money for some. For <laughs> money for phase phase two, which is already under construction. Right. Three, four. Five is also with the French Development Agency. It seems the money is there. And if African Development, yeah, I agree with you. I could say the money is there now. <laughs> yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah. I'm sure the people of the city are very happy and thankful that you're moving forward with this, right? Because that's going to make their lives a lot better. Uh, Really, yes. Because uh, when we started the operations in May 2016, the turnout, the average passengers were getting a day was 76,000. Imagine starting with a bank with 76,000. I visited a number of conferences where they talk of starting with a couple of thousand and then they grow some reach 30,000 and they think they've gone too far. Me, day one, 76,000. It's, it's too much. So it's grown up to 200,000. Now the challenge I'm getting is that the potential is to grow even to 500,000, 400, 500. So I'm constrained with the half number of buses. So I'm getting a little bit resentment from some of the passengers that there's overcrowding and so on, especially in the peak hours. And the buses don't seem to be enough. So that, that that's challenge I'm, I'm facing yeah well we wish you much success in all that you do and as you garner your the tender and you get your new provider in there that brings in buses and all the phases sounds very exciting i want to visit when you get things rolling over there and and yeah see there's it. another thing i'd like to see which we are doing uh, is a bit kind of different this automated fare collection system and our government has decided to develop its own fare collection system and okay. then to procure uh, as an operator to, to run it. Many of the, there are a number of reasons. We, we used a fare collector's company during the pilot phase, and we saw the challenges. There's the issue of transparency, ownership of data, uh, and so on. And uh, there were a number of problems which we, we, we felt were not fixed in time. And basically because now we are operating with a net cost contract. A net cost construct where the operator collects the cash, he owns the fare collection system and so on. Oh, but yeah. now we want to go to a gross contract where the government, we collect the money and so on. So we are developing our own fare collection system. We started last year in April and we might finish it by July next year, July, August next year. So we'll have a full system with smart cards, a barcoded user mobile phone, 
and so on, and, but also procure an intelligent transportation system to help us manage the buses, the drivers, and so on. We have it through this pilot project. The ITS and AFCS was brought in by the private operator, but things didn't work well. His contracts with the suppliers didn't work so well. So we've learned a number of lessons. So we said with the fare collection system, let's develop our own. With the ITS, we'll procure. And for the fare collection, we'll procure an, op- an operator. Maybe it will be a bank. We don't know. And they will manage the collections. Uh, so that's what we've been doing. And uh, that's something new. And we hope that will uh, really help us. And that also includes the passenger information system which will have screen boards or uh, screens at stations telling what's meant the next bus and so on. We'll also have a control center or some call it a traffic control, traffic management center where we'll be able to manage the whole system from one point with all the screens, GPS connected, internet and so on. And all the ITS connected. But we won an award from the government of Germany, GTZ, and we used that money to develop an app called Navigator. It's called Da Navigator. Our ICT uh, experts developing it and it's being finalized. We are finalizing it. So it will be able to help a person navigate his travel. The first question it asks in our home language is, where are you going? And then you say, oh, I'm going to this point. You enter it and it will tell you the options of getting there. You guys are right on the cutting edge of technology. Uh, thanks to working, cooperating with other experts, we're not shut up alone. We're working with the ITDP, we're working with the World Bank, we're working with UN Habitat, we're working with, we're sharing experiences with countries in Europe, those who have experts, we even, we've brought in consultants, we have experts working with us. So it makes us move even faster. Uh, did I mention the World Bank? The World Bank is really supporting us very closely. That's good. How many employees do you have working with you there? I could have nearly 200 to 300 workers, but the permanent workers almost around 90. The okay. others are temporary uh, workers. Right. Because uh, I, I have a number of people. When, I, when the COVID was there, I need to, uh, to employ nearly 50 people to help me do the washing sanitizing and so on, and making sure all the stations have uh, uh, water, uh, water because I had to, we incurred a lot of costs, putting in yes. water tanks and so on, and getting people to assist us that. But I also have another team is also helping me doing the monitoring because we don't have the ITS working, so I'm manually collecting the time, the timings in the schedule, so that I can work out whether it's in time, and if he's not, as per the contract, I, I find him. But also uh, to help the disabled, I've employed a, a number of staff. They could grow up to 20 who are just helping the disabled. And they have, we've bought wheelchairs just to help them get into the buses and yes. off the buses uh, into off outside the stations. So all those casual workers make us grow up to nearly 200 or more currently with phase one. And then you have hundreds of contractors running the buses and all that, right? When you go to the bus operator, yeah, there are more than a thousand actually. Because okay. with the 140 buses, only drivers, nearly 300 drivers for yeah. 140 buses. You know the, the formula. You, yeah. you need at least two drivers because they go in ships and so on. And they, but you also know some drivers are sick. Some have to go on leave. So putting those 
factors around 300, but we also are, he has also employed station attendants. He has also, because he's doing the collections, he's employed cashier, I mean the cashiers, more than 200. So when you look at the, and you look at the security, security for, because I have 20, 32 stations, five terminals and 27 stations. Each has to be manned by security who go in by ships. So that there are nearly 180 security. So when you look at the total staffing is around more than a thousand. Anything else you'd like to talk about, Ronald, about your system? Really, what I'd like to say, though I talk and I've talked a bit fast, it seems things, they're really challenging because I also have, we're working in an environment where we have the local bus operators riding on the streets. We have to get them out. We have to talk to them. We have to agree on them and so on. There are so many things that are sticky. Even with the projects, I just don't get an operator on the road. I have to go to Ministry of Finance and convince them with a financial model that the project is sustainable with the fares. And if the fares are not enough, I need to uh, have them adjusted. And adjusting them, I have to talk to a regulatory authority. It's not automatic. And we also have the buses. The bus maintenance is also challenged. The bus operator has to keep the buses on the road. He has to maintain them properly. If he has a number of buses down, it affects the quality of service and so on. Drivers' behavior, attitudes, road accidents happen. We need to challenge. There are so many challenges, I'm telling you, that have to be handled and taken care of. Yeah, that's why my wife's happy I'm not in operations anymore. Because when I (laughs) run a big transit system in Baltimore, it was 24-7. You're constantly, there's, there's, it's funny. I was just talking with a friend of mine who is a big, he runs the transit system in Vancouver and uh, he's leading in Canada. And he told me, Paul, whenever I think it's all going well, then something else happens. So it's it's always something, isn't it? Always. And right now I say for the past four years, I'm really glued to connected with the people out to have the ITS. So I have to use mobile phone. I've innovated. I've used ideas like using WhatsApp and so on. So oh, yeah. 20, all, during all the hours of operation, I have the iPhone listening to what's happened. A bus has broken down somewhere. The, an accident has happened here. A, a cyclist has entered into the road. He's been knocked down. The police are calling me. It's really havoc. And really, to be honest, it's a really tough job. And I could say I have like sleepless nights. I'm so, I don't know what's happened to my body. When the phone just blinks, I'm, I already have it. I quickly put it and look at what's the message. I never used to live like that. Yeah, well, <laughs> but it's really it's stressing, but I, I thank God we're managing. <laughs> yes. Well, that's why it's, it's a tough job. That's why people don't do it for 30 years, because it would burn you out completely. Uh, really, really. <laughs> I've done four years. I think I, it's like I worked in my previous job 15 years, but here I think I've done I've done maybe 30 years. The way I'm worn yeah. out and... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I feel like a bit every, worn out and so on. Yeah. Every year is worth two or three years on your psyche, right? I haven't gone for leave for some time. I'm trying to get to go to leave, and then something comes up and so on. Is is yeah? Because there's one side you deal with the operations. There's also dealing with the financiers. Talking to World Bank is not easy. They also have their conditions. They want to you to do this and that. They have their expectations. My government has expectations. So you, you really find yourself really tight up, really. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And it's a new thing. The thing I notice is it's a new thing. It's not like someone knows it for the past 10 years and he can come and tell us what to do. We're all learning. And it's all new, even to me. <laughs> yeah. But I hope we, we get those things right when we get the ITS and so on. Because we'll put them out for tender, uh, yeah. the, the ITS stuff and so on. 
Yeah. So uh, I see the future is really good. So long yeah. as we do the right things, good governance, do the procurements, get the good, get into the gross contracts, make sure the drivers have good contracts, have good attitudes, are trained, and so on. I also get the experts because I have a challenge of having experts who can cope with the system. Now you have a, everything is almost automized, automated, even the buses, all electronic. And you find the buses and drivers have to adjust to those kind of technology. Yes. So we all have to adjust into this new technology to work efficiently. One of the main ways that people are future-proofing their transit system is getting the right technology like you've talked about. And it sounds like you're on the way. I mean, it sounds like you've got a lot happening from, from fare collection to passenger information to the right ITS system. All of that adds so much value. When you're able to put it in place, it, it really recoups value. So, for instance... What I've seen in public transportation systems that I've run is that if I can better manage the driver's schedules, it makes sure that they're treated fairly, but it also makes sure it saves me money and I'm running efficiently. If I can get the right information in the passenger's hands at the right time, I can actually get more riders, right? So if they know when the bus is coming that I can get on it and when it's going to be here, then I'm going to go out and wait for it. So having the right technology and the tools in place, like you've said, Ronald, is really the key to creating a really successful 21st century transit system, even a brand new one like the one you're starting. It's great that you're starting right from scratch with good technology and a great a great plan in place for your BRT. I'm a big fan of BRT, especially in big yeah. cities, because it's cheaper than running a subway system or a light rail system, but it's more efficient than just running buses. You have your own bus on the lanes, you have your own platforms, which come out and are level so people can board quickly. And now that you're getting yeah. the right passenger fare technology in place where people can tap and go and don't have to pay cash at the fare box, it sounds like you are scheduled for success, Ronald. I think you're going to have a great successful next few years. Yeah. yeah. I, I, one thing I didn't mention is that we won the SK Sustainable Transport Award for 2018. Congratulations. And, uh, because uh, they saw that we did the right things. I, those you mentioned, the BRT has some standards, level platforms, off-board uh, paying for fares and all that, having uh, provisions for the disabled and so on. So we won the award and we're grateful for that. And I hope when we do the other phases, we'll win another similar award. But I also wanted to mention that we also have a transport master plan for the city. So it has not only only looked at BRT, BRT is there, but also in future, there's, talk, there's provision for bringing in metros from around 2030. Yeah, metros for at least one or two lines. Yes. Yes. So that's the bigger plan, but that master plan is not under me. It's under my ministry and other government institutions. Well, I think you're the right man to run it. You sound like you've got your fingers in every in every piece of it and trying to keep it all together. I wish you the best of success, Ronald. Thank you so much. Yeah, one other thing I'm okay. trying to do, yeah. one other thing I'm trying to do is get one card system for all transport modes. I'm trying to convince those who are bringing in metros and so that... We shouldn't have different cards. I agree. Uh, the one I'm developing, I, I'm even making, you call it interoperability. We're making provision that it could, we could other, add other modes of services, like we have ferry, trains, and other local buses, so that we have one transport card, and which it will be more convenient for a user. So it's not that when he gets off a BRT, now he's going to a metro, he looks for his metro card. He just continues to do use one transport card. I'm trying to fight for that. I haven't won yet, but that's another challenge I'm, I'm working on. Well, let's stay in contact, Ronald. Anything I can do to help you, I'll uh, be happy to yes. do that. Or if you want to bounce ideas off me or whatever, that'd be great. 
And I wish you great success. And thank you so much for being our guest today on Transit Unplugged. Okay, thanks a lot and God bless. You've been listening to Transit Unplugged, powered by Trapeze Group. To stay up to date, subscribe on iTunes or Google Play, or join the conversation at transitunplugged.com. Thanks for listening.